Well, hello, and we welcome you to White House First United Methodist Church. And what a joy it is to be able to be with you in this setting. We are grateful that you are here, looking forward to what the Lord has in store for us. And as I mentioned in the sermon last week, we will be doing something just a little different at the beginning of every podcast and would encourage you to be able to look in your notes that uh, you are given on this podcast or turn your Bible to Psalm 1914 as we say this verse together. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Let us go to our Lord in prayer. Gracious Lord, I thank you for today. I thank you for the setup that you have given us. I thank you for what you are doing in and through our lives. And now, Lord, as we have this time together, Give us a sense of clarity. Help us to be able to hear the words that you are calling for us to hear. And help us to desire to be that true disciple. And we pray these things in your son's precious and holy name. Amen.
So today, our text is from Mark chapter 8, verses 31 through 38. As we begin with that Psalm 1914, if you possibly didn't hear the message last week, that was a challenge that the Lord gave to me to share with all of you in saying that verse on a daily basis, usually towards the beginning of the day. And if you accepted that challenge, if you were listening last week, I pray that these words have impacted your life. And I've been praying for you this week that they not just be said to start the day, but are thought about all through the day. And also that it becomes a way of life in all we say and do. Now, I know that it has only been a week, but if you did take that challenge, have you seen any difference happening in your life? The prayer is that that will continue in the days and weeks to come as we are about the Father's business on a daily basis and that our words and our meditations reflect a life being lived for Him. Today we add another layer with how Jesus explains to His disciples what it looks like to be a true disciple. Going back to last week's message, in order to know right from wrong, in order to know what we're called to do, it's imperative to know from God's Word what that looks like. So let's see what Jesus explains that with in the passage that we're about to read from Mark chapter 8. Verses 31 through 38. Then Jesus began to teach them that the Son of Man must undergo great suffering and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and be killed, and after three days rise again. He said all this quite openly, and Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But turning and looking at his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan, for you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. He called the crowd with his disciples and said to them, If any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it. And those who lose their life for my sake and for the sake of the gospel will save it. For what will it profit them to gain the whole world and forfeit their life? Indeed, what can they give in return for their life? Those who are ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation of them, the Son of Man will also be ashamed when He comes in the glory of His Father with the holy angels. 
This is the word of God for the people of God, and we say, thanks be to God. What do I need to do in order to succeed in life? That's one of the most common questions for people in this world today. When we think about success, images of power, high social standings, money, and security may come to mind. This kind of success involves sacrifices in the short term so that long-term goals can be achieved. The understanding of success that Jesus expressed in this passage also has to do with sacrifice, but not in the same way the world sees it. The passage that we read began immediately after Peter has confessed that Jesus is the Messiah in verse 29. I would encourage you to read the first part of that chapter later. But what we just read just now shows Jesus' first instructions about this Messiahship and what he would have to endure. Hear verse 31 again. Then Jesus began to teach them that the Son of Man must undergo great suffering and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and be killed, and after three days, rise again. Success does not equal rejection in our world. It means social acceptance. While we may sacrifice and suffer some things in our race for success, We do not usually intend to be rejected. And from this perspective then, the Son of Man does not have power by the world's standards. Perhaps this is why Peter's response so passionately to Jesus' description of suffering, rejection, death, and resurrection. After Jesus has said all this to his disciples in a clear manner, Peter takes him aside and begins to rebuke him, as we see in verse 32. No doubt, Peter had good intentions. He wanted to keep him from that type of suffering. But that was not the Lord's plan. Jesus said as such in verse 33. Hear it again. But turning and looking at his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan, for you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. Oh, church, I pray you're hearing what Jesus is telling us today. We can't live our lives like the world calls success. If we want to be successful in the Lord's eyes, we got to have a different mentality. Jesus gave an explanation of what that looks like in the remaining verses. A true disciple has self-denial in their DNA. Here's what Jesus said in verse 34. He called the crowd with his disciples and said to them, If any want to become my followers, 
Let them deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. True disciples know how to do two things. One, deny themselves, and two, to take up their cross. These are hard, tough, uncomfortable words to hear. There's not many that I have met, and I will be honest, that I as well like to hear other words from Jesus. For example, we have no problem with Jesus' invitation in Matthew eleven twenty-eight. It says, Come to me, all you that are weary and are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Who doesn't appreciate those words of comfort? Another one is John 14, 1 through 3. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house there are many dwelling places. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, so that where I am, there you may be also. Then later in that chapter, John fourteen twenty seven. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. And do not let them be afraid. And then who doesn't want to claim the priestly blessing in Numbers 6, 24 through 26? The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord... Turn his face towards you and give you peace. Now, we don't flinch or react to these words of comfort and hope. Those are needed at times, and rightfully so. We need them. I need them. But there are other words that we need to hear as well. Denying ourselves and taking up our cross... Those are a bit tougher, but they are essential in our day-to-day lives if we're going to live as Jesus desires. If these are essential, then let's look at what each of these mean. The first one is, what is denial? The word deny means this journey with Jesus is not about self-advancement, self-enhancement, or self-exaltation. In fact, it's not about self at all. It's about the disablement of self. The renunciation of self. When Jesus asks us to deny ourselves, He is talking about thinking of others first. Ouch. That is tough. There are many in this world that are not up for it. Even in Jesus' day, there were not many who followed him. So it is normal for people to say, well, I'm interested but not ready to commit. I'll give it on Sunday, but don't ask for it Monday through Saturday. But as we think about it, we might be willing to do nothing to slander Jesus or do nothing to give Jesus a bad name. 
but we're also not wanting to walk with Him in a life of self-refusal. Now can I say that that is what it appears many in this world have as their mindset? But I get a sense from the Lord that this doesn't describe us. From what I'm sensing is we have a church here that is desiring to be about the Father's business and are willing to deny ourselves for the sake of the Lord and do what it takes to be in His will. Are you with this? Are you on board? Are you willing to do that extra step? Are you willing to deny yourselves? I pray we are. And I pray that we will continue in that journey. If so, then not only are we willing to deny ourselves, but also to take up our cross. The Apostle Paul had this mindset when he wrote in Galatians chapter 2, verses 19 and 20. Galatians 2, 19 and 20 says this, For though the law I died to the law, so that I might live to God, I have been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I who live, but it is Christ who lives in me. In the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. When we take up the cross, we've reached the destination. We're ready for self-denial or the death of self. We're ready to be emptied of selfish ambition and look solely on the welfare of others. We're ready to leave the past in the past. No, we might not be called to die on a cross like Jesus did, but we are called to suffer for His namesake, if that means standing up for what is right and not succumb to Satan and the worldly lurings. But while a death is involved, the Apostle Paul reminds us so eloquently in Romans 5-8 through that a remarkable new life awaits us as well. If this is the kind of life we desire to live, we discover that the cross that we bear is a portal to a life of resurrection. If we die with Jesus, we also live with Him. We are empowered to forgive, to love, to be kind, to turn away anger with gentleness, to look out for the interests of others, all of these just as Jesus did. He gave us an example to live by, and I pray that we are willing 
to go forward by imitating him. What we've talked about today is certainly not going to win popularity contests with the worldly ways. But folks, that's not who we're trying to please anyway, is it? It's about him and not them. We'll continue this conversation more next week. But for now, I pray we wholeheartedly want to be a true disciple who is willing to deny ourselves and take up our cross and follow him. Let us pray. Oh, gracious Lord, we thank you for this word. We've heard some words of comfort, but we've also heard some words of challenge. You call us, Lord, to deny ourselves and take up our cross and follow you. And though these are very difficult tasks, You're not calling us to do anything that you didn't already do and then some. Help us, Lord, as we make that commitment for you. Help us to look for ways to show others the importance of the love that you give us in all that we say and do. And we pray all these things in your son's precious and holy name. Amen. Worship His Majesty.